The Plumbing Marketing Profits Podcast. Interviews with million-dollar-plus plumbing and HVAC business owners on how they market and grow their companies in today's economy. Hear directly from the most successful leaders in your business and discover what they are doing to keep their phone ringing, trucks running, and businesses booming. With your host, Josh Nelson. Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining me on today's session of the Plumbing and HVAC Marketing Profits Podcast. I am super pumped because today we're, we're interviewing Kevin Wolf from Lanny's. They're a full-service plumbing HVAC electrical company in the, in the Fargo, North Dakota market. And yeah. um, we're going to be talking about how he markets, how he's able to generate enough leads and enough calls to keep that many trucks running. So I love it when we get really, really world-class business owners like this on the show. So, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me. So I guess the best place to start is just tell us a little bit about the, the high level of your business. So I know you have about 50 trucks, but you know, kind of tell us approximate revenue, you know, number yeah. of trucks, that type of um, stuff. Uh, Laney's, uh, as you said, we're located in Fargo, North Dakota. We've got a uh, market size of about 200,000 people in the surround, our surrounding market. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got 24 uh, service trucks at the moment, and then another 25 to 26 install and uh, construction type trucks. That's uh, running around. Yeah. And approximate approximate revenue, if you can share. Uh, we're going to be our budget this year is for six, 16 million. Wow, that's that's awesome. This year. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so, when did you guys start the company? The, the company was originally started in 1960. It was uh, primarily a plumbing uh, construction company mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. And as it evolved, it was a family business. There's no, uh, the name Laney, it, Laney's is a family name. And uh, that that name is gone. That family is gone. And we're, we've held on to it uh, for the name that we've built. So. Okay. So, uh, so that started in 1960. Okay. And uh, our current ownership really came into be in the uh, early 80s, okay. uh, 1983. And I came on board in 1993. Nice. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's amazing because I talk to contractors all the time, and they're like, oh, I'm in such a small market. There's only, you know, 500,000 people or whatever the number is. Here you are in a, in a population, you said 200,000, is that right? 200,000, yeah. So, I, I mean, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, but can you talk a little bit about how that's possible, how you can generate that much revenue in that small of a market? Well, uh, yeah, about, you know, about a third of the revenue is service, on-demand service, which is around $5 million. We're shooting, actually, our budget's for $6 million this year. Okay. And that'll be uh, on-demand service calls, uh, plan maintenance calls, things like that. And then another uh, $5 million of that is our install uh, replacement on the HVAC side. Okay. So that'll, and, and plumbing, plumbing remodeling as well. Okay. And then then the rest, the remaining of those revenues will be, actually we still do uh, commercial construction. So we still have our, our hand in that. So that generates about a third of our, our yeah, about 30% of our revenues as well. Fantastic, so it's a really nice even mix, you know, of the different types of services, the different types of things you're doing. And what a testament to what's possible in even some of these these smaller markets. Um, yeah, we you know we really try not to let the size of our market impede us. Um, we still by no means have the market share we want here, so there's still a lot of opportunity growth besides everything else. So, what would you say your market share is? Is that a number you've you've calculated? 
You know, there's a lot of different ways to look at market share. Uh, uh, we've got, I, I like to take a look at an 18 month, you know, rolling number. And I would say, boy, I would say it would be a guess because it's not totally scientific, but I would say in that 20% to 25%. Okay, so I mean, even even at that, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of opportunity, and you're doing you're running this this massive company. So so we got a little bit of an idea of the, the type of services you offer in the area that you serve and the scope of your operation. Take us back in time a little bit. Just tell us a little bit about how you got started in this business and how you wound mm-hmm. up at at Laney's. Yeah, uh, personally, personally, I got started. Uh, I am not from the industry whatsoever. I have a computer science degree. And, really. Uh, and a uh, business degree. So I originally came on board as the computer guy. Uh, they had bought in a computer system and had to get it up and running. That was 1993. So it was a big IBM uh, computer system. So I came on board and uh, just the timing was such that I learned the uh, business from the inside out and uh, implementing that software. And the timing was such that the general manager that was here at the time was ready to retire, so uh, I got the opportunity at that point in 1998, I believe, to become the general manager. Unreal. What a, what a great story, you know, from, from the uh, from the computer science IBM implementation guy to the, to the GM. Very, very, very cool. Yeah, and it, it's an interesting mix because uh, I really depend on on the people that we have on our team to, for the technical side of it. I've obviously, uh, through osmosis, have uh, learned a lot through the years, but uh, I'm not that guy, so I depend on other technical people that have that expertise to, to cover that part of our business. That's great, because so many, so many people that come into this trade, they come in as the, as the technician, and they don't ever really think about, you know, their hard part is how do I get out of the truck, where for you, you were never in the truck, you, you were able to look at the business from a high level. Yeah, it, it gives us different perspectives, and... And over time, it, uh, believe me, it took me a long time to gain their uh, confidence mm. and respect. Uh, but once I got over that, uh, they saw that that synergy to, together with our different areas of skill sets and expertise could be a benefit. So it's worked out well. I've enjoyed it. Great, great, great story. Great background. Very interesting. So, so now let's dive into the into the marketing triangle, right? This is the plumbing and HVAC marketing yep. podcast. You know, I always kind of tee up, you know, when we talk about marketing, you know, really there's three core elements. There's the, the, the market, who you're going to sell to. There's the message, what do you, how do you position yourself so that you're interesting to that marketplace. And then the media, right? How do you get your message out and what types of channels do you use? So I think the yeah. best place to start is just tell us a little bit about the market, kind of what you know about your consumer there in the, in the Fargo, North Dakota area. Yeah, uh, you know, our probably our uh, target demographic is uh, 30 to 65 homeowners or business owners. Uh, we do like commercial business work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully owning or responsible for their home or residence. Um, mm-hmm. So they're the decision makers and the buyers of our services and products. Uh, you know, we're a highly, as you would suspect, uh, highly uh, heavy on the HVAC, on the heating part of it, because most of our months up here, our furnaces are running, and we wish more months our ACs would be, but, uh, so our AC season's a lot shorter. Okay. Uh, but we still market it all the same. Um, you know, we really, 
we really have an emphasis on marketing to the female in the house. Mm. Uh, we find that they make most of the decisions in the end. And I say that in a very positive way because uh, the comfort levels of the things in the house and everything that we're concerned with in our business, uh, they're living it every day. And uh, so we really target market uh, towards women as well. Excellent. So very, very clear, concise, you know, it's clear you get a good understanding. You can see Joe Jones, or in this case, Jill Jones through Jill Jones' eyes. So you can think about the messaging and kind of what your unique selling proposition is. So how do you position yourself to that target market that you just identified? Yeah, you know, we've we've always uh, in our market have been uh, probably more uh, committed to marketing than most of our competitors. Mm. Um, We've had a, we've had, for instance, we've had a jingle since 1998 or 88, excuse me. Okay. And it's a jingle that kids can sing in our, in our community. They know it. And we, we repeat our marketing. We have a consistent marketing approach. Um, we do, we try not to start and stop marketing. And that's one of my key beliefs in marketing is it's constant. Mm. A lot of companies make the mistakes of starting and stopping, you know, advertising when you need it, and usually then it's too late. So, uh, so we try to keep a consistent approach to it, and then we try to differentiate ourselves in our market with different unique selling propositions, um, such as we offer a lifetime furnace guarantee. Mm. Um, as long as our customers have us maintain our furnace, their furnace every year on an annual basis. Uh, we'll stand behind their furnace for as long as they own it. Wow. Uh, and that's no worries, peace of mind, and that's what we're trying. Really, in the end, that's what we're trying to sell, is peace of mind. Excellent. And comfort. That old peace uh, of mind. That's one of them. We also have a never and overtime charge USP. Mm. We never charge overtime for after hours calls. And that has built our business exponentially on the weekends and nights. And it's a, it's a, tough, it's a tough mix because you have to have your team buy into those USBs as well and live them. And with service technicians, we all know that that's that's a tough thing to have them commit to and and stand behind as a, are those after hours uh, calls. And yeah. that's tougher on their families and stuff. But we built, the beauty of building our staff to the size it is, we can now spread out their time, a uh, long time in between them being on calls. So, is so it, that helps. Is that it helps. one weekend on, one weekend off, or is it a rotating? Right now, with our rotation, it's uh, they go almost six weeks uh, between weekend on calls, and then we rotate nights of the week. Oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad at all, right? No, but it's it's getting harder with our new workforce, uh, with when you, uh, with the millennials and things like that. And I hate to categorize because we got some we have some wonderful millennials here, um, but the the way they look at it and the way they approach it's a lot different. So. Even once every six weeks, you know, to some is is something too that, much of a too much of a burden to place on their right. on their shoulders, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's you know that's another one of our USBs, but we you know probably uh, you know the the biggest thing is when you deal with us, our USB really is we're going to take care of you. If you're not happy uh, with what we've done for you, uh, we're going to make it right, and um, you know we give. We give customers uh, credit back on situations that might not even be our fault, and that's okay. It's all, all about the building goodwill, mm. and it's all in the eyes of your customers. So if they don't feel they've gotten the value out of the situation, we got to figure out how to give them that value. 
So nice. we hang our hat on that uh, as being a big part of our strategy, overall strategy and how we go to market with our customers. That's awesome. And you know, great messaging. What what, are, what is the jingle? I, I know you can't probably, you don't want to sing it, but you know. You the... No, you don't want me to sing it, but <laughs> uh, it's eight, uh, the premise of it is eight to eight at the regular rate. Ah, okay. We went in 1988, we went to uh, eight in the morning to eight at night, you paid the regular rate. So this jingle sings through that. And it's a catchy, corny jingle that's just stood the test of time in our community. Uh, and it was kind of a quandary because when we went to 24 hours a day, never an overtime charge, um, we changed it from 8 a.m. to 8 a.m., 24 hours a day. Uh, we didn't want to lose the power of that jingle. Mm-hmm. So we just incorporated it into being 24 hours from 8 a.m. to 8 a.m. the next it's day. Not, it's not 8 to 8. It's literally 8 to 8 round the clock, right? That's right. It's 8 to 8 to 8, really, yeah. And that, yeah. I mean, that's really powerful message because it speaks to what the customer wants. They want convenience. Yeah. They want them to, you to be available when when they're available and not to get overcharged for it. And right. so the fact that you've run that so consistently over the years, and I'll be sure to include a link to the to the jingle on the replay link so that they can they can hear it. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. it's pretty catchy. So that's been that that's been a big uh, cornerstone, and it does speak of the power of consistent advertising and building top of mind awareness um, in your community and your brand uh, because you wouldn't think something like that would have the power it does but I run into people in our community all the time and that's you know if if they don't know me that's something they'll say right away Mm. um, about our company hey I know who you guys are we know your jingle and they'll either start singing it or yeah, I'm sure people start eight, eight, and they, they, they sing yeah. it right right to you, right? Right. So, All right, so we've got clarity on, on the, the market. We've got clarity on the message and kind of some of the things that make you guys unique. So let's talk a little bit about the marketing mix. Obviously, you guys do a lot of stuff. So let's kind of talk yeah. through some of the things that you guys you do to generate the awareness and generate the leads. Okay. Um, you know, it always comes to the top of my list. Uh and it takes a lot of internal uh, programs to support this, but it's the customer word of mouth, customer mm-hmm. referral. Yeah, it's the number one thing I think of um, because that's really created by how you conduct business every single day. So that's our first our first marketing device that I that I feel is one of the most important. But we do TV and radio, we do direct mail, uh, internet marketing. We're not. We're, you know, on the cusp, we're developing our internet marketing and going to different levels as, as we speak. Uh, you know, the traditional ones in the old days was the yellow pages. And even even here, uh, while there is a aging, some aging population that still prefers the yellow pages, we just see that stuff dwindling, dwindling down and probably away. Mm. And personally, I'm not even a big fan of online directories. I think it's, it's too, too narrow. Uh, they still have to market their yellow page name and brand to get you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not I'm not a big fan of that either. Um, trying to see some other things. Uh, community relationship and public relations is huge for us. We've uh, been fortunate to or blessed to be able to share some of our profits and give back to our community, and we mm-hmm. make a real uh, strong focus on that. Um, uh, the and it's just little things you can do from silent auction certificates to to whatever 
that you can get your name out in a lot of different locations. And, and for me, we do it for the right reasons. We do it because we want to give to those organizations. Mm. But what you get back from those things, it's hard to measure. I mean, you get a lot more back than you ever give to those. So, no so uh, community building is huge for us. Mm. So does that does that stretch into home shows and things like that as well? Or yeah, do we do home shows. We do all you know the trade shows and the home shows. I would call that a little different type of marketing, but it's still you're present in the community. Uh, we do local sponsorships for schools and uh, the local uh, uh, minor league team that we have here. Uh, you know, we we uh, sponsor different things for them and and other sporting events and like I said, schools and churches. So mm -hmm. uh, there's just a lot of opportunity, and they're not all really you know budget breakers either. I mean, there's some stuff you can do very reasonable and get your name out there and help good causes at the same time so yeah so it's it's pretty it's a pretty diverse marketing mix to kind of be omnipresent in that in that market for for anybody that's thinking about home services that you guys provide um, as it relates to the customer word of mouth stuff do you guys yeah. do you guys do direct mail to that list or is it mostly just you know provide great service and you know hope that it's created enough goodwill that they do refer you yeah, I think that's where that's where it starts. Uh, we do do email marketing mm -hmm. uh, as well, so we stay in touch with our customer base. We do. We've had a happy call and a survey card system for forever, and we've while they those programs change have changed over time somewhat uh, as things change with the internet and things like that. Uh, it's still the importance of us reaching out and touching our customers is huge. Um, and we got to keep that personal touch somehow uh, through as many vehicles as we can to keep reaching out. And and I know you're going to talk a little bit about uh, customer reviews, but mm -hmm. asking them for their input so we know how we can improve our company. And if we are falling short, uh, you know that's going to be telltale in the reviews we get. So uh, I think I think it's important just anytime we can reach out and. Uh, touch our customers and get their feedback. Uh, not only then does the service that you provide for them build goodwill, the follow-up marketing is as important in that that equation of getting word-of-mouth referrals for, for the future. So again, as is a lot of marketing devices, there's it's some of this stuff is hard to measure. Mm -hmm. And you should measure whatever you can measure, but some of it, as you do it, uh, it's a gut feeling. You know it's working, and you know it's worthwhile when you do it. So. Absolutely. So then as it relates to, to, to radius, it's the jingle is such a powerful thing for you. What types of stations do you run? Is there like one station that you just hit incessantly, or do you go across multiple stations? Yeah, you know, we, um, we've got, we deal with a media broker, mm. and they run, they run all the ratings and... We try to get, you know, there's a reach and frequency measurements when, you, when you're when you into mass media uh, marketing. So we try to balance that reach and frequency out the best we can across our demographic. We are really, uh, we have been really high on advertising during uh, Sunday night local news, for instance, on mm -hmm. one of our prime stations here. Uh, it's one of the highest rating news nights here, and we have been a staple on Sunday nights, we're on every Sunday night. Uh, so again, uh, can you really measure that dollar and cents on every time? No, you can't, but again, you're building top of mind awareness. Um, and, and most of it is 
top of mind awareness type of advertising we do on even on the media we we have some call to action campaigns that we will run on media but most of the stuff we run quite frankly is us talking about what we can do for you or are fulfilling your comfort needs mm. uh, and how we go about it so, so it's yeah. more than anything else just being there again and again and again with a similar message remaining top of mind so when they have yeah. the need they recognize the brand and they come to you guys directly yeah yeah that's a big part of our marketing strategy yeah so what's the split between TV and radio is it more on the TV or more on radio or kind of an uh, even balance I would say uh, you know we have about an equal mix each month that we run uh, TV and radio okay uh, one of the one of the radio uh, approaches that we've taken is we've aligned ourselves with three different radio stations in in the Fargo market uh, that have known personalities mm. you know the talk either talk show personalities or morning show personalities or whatever and we don't do the conventional 30 second ads with them we do what's called the 60 second uh, testimonial mm. ad so the ads written uh, with them uh, telling you know them telling why we they should consider Laney's and whatever we're trying to talk about and we write the ad specific about a certain area of our offerings and then they take it from there and read them and and talk and when you hear them there it's it's like they're talking from their from their chair and yeah so you tune in you tune into the station your host whoever that's been speaking on the show the whole time just kind yeah. of moves into a mini advertorial for for Laney's and it just, uh, of course, that's going to be even more effective than an app. Yeah, and you know they'll say, hey, if you know if you uh, if you've had problems with your furnace lately, or have you gotten to check this winter? Uh, if you're going to do it, you got to check out the guys at Laney's. You know, and they'll go on, got uh, on somewhat of a script, but they do it uh, from their own words. And and that that works really well for you, and it's yeah. affordable in, in your market. Yep, we rotate uh, that that approach. We do every single month on three different stations. Fantastic, uh, work very well. So you, I think you mentioned you mentioned direct mail. Um, are you doing every door direct mail, or is it more mail to the existing customer base type of stuff? Most of our stuff that we do direct right now, we do some direct mail to our existing, but we usually use other means to get to them. Okay. Uh, we we've been. We've partnered with one of our vendors that has been very uh, 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 cooperative with uh, marketing funds. Uh, pardon the pun, and they're mm -hmm. and they're willing to uh, kind of go outside of the box that a normal manufacturer does and just sit down at the table and say, "Okay, what's the campaign?" Uh, they're not as much worried about how how many times their brand ends up in the in the uh, the ad. They're more they want the end results, obviously. So. We're, we've, we've got a very good vendor in that, and we sit down and we put down direct mail. So the direct mail pieces that we do are primarily, uh, I get a, a carrier routes from our market. Mm -hmm. We look what, what areas of towns we want to hit with those carrier routes, and we'll do a 30,000 piece direct mail postcard. We've done postcards, and uh, we've, we've been very happy and and uh, pleased with the results with, that we've got out of those. And those are called action. Those are, here is a, a big promotion we're running right now that, that you gotta take advantage of. And 
With uh, a, is so there, it should have like a coupon built into the into the postcard type of thing. Yeah, or, or the details of the special we're running. Okay, you know, and ask for more details. You know, uh, contact us. So there's either a coupon on that card or a, the explanation of the details of the offer. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So so send it to a large enough list with a direct yeah. offer. Obviously, yeah. with the selected carrier route, that's going to be good demographics, and you're finding that works pretty well for you as another lead generation source. Yeah, yeah, that that does. So you did you did mention Yellow Pages and the fact that it was kind of dying in your market. Yeah. Uh, are you still in the Yellow Pages? Still have some we type? We are. Of we are. We've we've scaled down uh, tremendously, uh, but we we have a presence there. You know, I'm I'm on, you know for you know ten years ago where people were jumping out of the yellow pages like mad. And I, I, I'm more of a, I've got to do it more controlled and systematic. And, and, and the other thing is, and just in marketing in general, uh, every market is different. We're all different. You know, if I was in the middle of Chicago and I'm competing against 20 companies that have full size ads, page ads, that's a different story than me being here. Mm. I think I might have lost your audio for a second there. You got me back? Gotcha. Okay, sorry about that. No. Uh, as compared to here, um, you know, we I take things at, at where it makes sense in, in speed of jumping in and out of things here. And Yellow Pages, again, we're probably relied on a little bit longer here than in some of the markets, but we're seeing the dwindling of that now. I, we still have a presence, but not near the investment plus. Yellow Page companies know it too, and their prices have gone down tremendously. And now they're all competing with the internet marketing. They've jumped into that, so no doubt. Awesome. So I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, diverse mix that you have, and it sounds like yep. you've just got this great foundation, this great brand recognition in your market, and it helps to feed everything else that you do. Um, you mentioned reviews, and obviously reviews are critical for customer experience and for conversion rates. Like, what types of special initiatives do you guys put in place to generate online reviews? Yeah, um, well, and, and with the help of uh, Plumbing SEO uh, website, which you guys uh, do our website for us, um, we have uh, interfaced with another uh, third-party company uh, that has helped us put a program together. And our technicians on each and every call, like I said, we used to hand out our own manual survey cards in every service call before. We've replaced those with business card, thank you business cards that we hand out uh, with our link on our website to go and review. It's all uh, personalized by technician when you go to our website. So if Josh did your service call, you're gonna see Josh's face on the list of guys that you can click on and, and review Josh. And our approach on reviews is really reviewing the technician first. You know, how did I do for you today? Uh, how did, was everything I did, uh, did it exceed your expectations versus, hey, I'd, I'd really like you, the guys back in the office really would like you to do a review for Laney's. Because um, it's really, it's about the people we're sending out. So I really like their approach, This the third party company that we're dealing with on that. You can, you can mention the name of the, of the system. Review Kangaroo yep. is the company that we're using. And uh, I like that approach and I know others use that approach as well. And it just personalizes it between the technician and the homeowner, and uh, and they feel a lot more comfortable than going online and doing that. Yeah, and I will say that you know as you implemented that system and started using it on a very consistent basis, the number of reviews has 
just climbed you know significantly so yeah we went we went from we had 40 45 reviews on our google reviews uh just stagnant uh just stuck there and you know if we ever did get a negative review it just bring us to our knees because now one you know one negative review is going to just affect 45 reviews so much more yeah uh and we in a, in a year's time we're now over 300 reviews uh on google plus we also have facebook and uh, better business bureau uh they're going out to multiple places and giving us reviews so. yeah that, that's awesome it's a testament to the quality of service that you guys provide and that review kangaroo does have a, a unique way of generating reviews which is a very interesting platform yeah yeah and we've kind of we don't do it exactly the way they roll it out we kind of adapted it to how we do business here and that has worked well it's worked well so. that's awesome so we, we talked a little bit about follow-up marketing to the customer base and doing some email marketing um, can you talk to me a little bit about that and how that looks yeah we uh, we bought, or participate with constant contact mm -hmm. uh, and we started collecting it and here's another thing is that we've noticed in the last five years especially but especially the last two years uh, we went from having maybe 500 email uh, addresses on customers stored in our database to 4,000 now mm -hmm. I mean we focused on it and you have to take that focus and and get everybody on the same page that how important that is because that's almost replaced not replaced but it's almost parallel with a phone number yeah. Uh, to communicate in today's world, that email address is is, is big, and a lot of the initial uh, objections were, you know, people aren't going to want to give us that, uh, blah blah blah. And we worked through all the objections, and we knew that's going to happen, and that's fine. But if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. And we we grew grew that database, so that was first and foremost what we had to get under our legs did you have uh, to give the guys a script of some sort to get them past it or is there some coaching involved in that yeah you know we coached our csrs our mm. call center uh to talk more than anything we coached it to talk about it matter of factly okay uh not to make oh and by the way we're trying to collect these emails it was just part of their okay i need your phone number i need your email address and blah 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 and wait for the objection mm. after they were waiting to hear the email address and that really made a difference for them because it took off this edge of our CSRs thinking okay now I got to ask them if they'll ask them if they will give me the email address they converted it to just saying what's your email address and I'll get all the information set up here for you today so we can communicate with you the best we can along the way so uh, it really changed the way we approached it and it was really a simple simple approach change and I love the fact that you guys are using constant contact. You're pushing out emails. I always, you know, talk with with plumbing HVAC business owners. Look, you've got this customer database. It's so low cost to email them. Yeah. It's cost nothing. So, what kind of things do you put into the email marketing messaging? Yeah, you know, we uh, we decided early on that we weren't going to make it sales, sales, sales uh, messaging. So we do one sales uh, item a month, mm -hmm. and then we sprinkle in two. Uh, probably uh, max of two again we don't want to overburden we don't want to sit, have them find one in their mailbox every single week or day uh, but uh, we'll send two generic uh, tip messages things about uh, what they should be looking at, uh, at in their home 
different things like that. So a lot of it is advice from us uh, or maybe something that's going on in the community. We use it for some of the nonprofits we partner with. Mm. We'll promote one of their events or we'll say, hey, all the service calls we do in April, a uh, dollar of that's going to go to the Dorothy Day House or whatever we do. And, um, and so we use it for that as well to get messages out for other people. Excellent. And obviously, I mean, so do you feel like that has a, a return on investment? Like you get more repeat and referral business because you're remaining top of mind via email? Oh, I think so. I think that's a, it's one of the, it's one of the least expensive ways to touch your customer base. Uh, it's just a no brainer. Um, I, I, I want to do more and more with that. And we're going to continue to look at how much is too many, you know, how many are too many emails in a month. Mm -hmm. And we may even step that up a little bit and push it and see. And if we get some feedback, we can always back down. But I don't want to be overbearing. But on the other hand, to get quick messages out, uh, it's a wonderful vehicle. Yeah, you'd probably be surprised. You can send a lot more than you think without yeah. anybody being irritated because so much of what you send just gets lost. You know, either it didn't get delivered right. or they were busy at the moment, so they never read it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good that you're going to test that and kind of ratchet that ratchet that up. Good feedback. Yep. So, I mean, awesome, awesome mix of marketing techniques and strategies that you have in place. What would you say is the most pr profitable channel? Like, where is most of the, you know, good client revenue coming from? Yeah, I I got to go back to uh, word of mouth and referrals. I mean, relationship marketing by far because. Uh, other than my close personal friends, if they if they say they are <laughs> that want a good deal, uh, most word of mouth uh, marketing is uh, they're coming to you for a specific reason. They've been happy with you in the past. They don't think uh, I don't like to say the word or say it in terms of being too expensive. They they feel they put a value on what you did for them for mm -hmm. the price you charge, and they're they're happy with that. And you don't have to resell yourself. You don't have to reprove yourself other than the fact that you got to go out and replicate what you did for them before. And we can do that. Um, so word of mouth by far is our mo most profitable in my eyes. Awesome. Um, other than that, you know, uh, a lot of the mass media stuff we do, it's hard to calculate my ROI on that, uh, other than the faith I have that it's building top of mind awareness. Um, direct mail has actually been really good in our mail for our specific campaigns, in our market, excuse me, for our specific campaigns. Uh, we've gotten a great ROI on that. Um, we offer a, a unique, This is, I didn't allude to this one uh, before, but we offer, we get a mailing list uh, from our area. They used to have the welcome wagon. You're familiar with the yeah. old welcome wagons. Uh -huh. We never liked being in that because you're in there with 50 other people. Mm -hmm. So we seeked out a company that can provide for your local market a list of uh, addresses where people have moved into a, a new home. And a new home doesn't mean a brand new home, a new home to them, a new resident of that home. So we send out a, a information packet and uh, to all of these homes and we offer a free home walkthrough. Hmm. And we send out a representative and they'll show them where their gas shutoffs are, their water shutoffs, uh, everything that they might not understand about the mechanical part of their house. And it's unbelievable the the, the leads that we've gotten out of that program. That's uh, awesome. If, if you build their trust, they'll start asking, well, what do you think about our furnace? I know it's 
20 years old and we knew that when we bought it but and uh, we've gotten a tremendous amount of leads through that program and it's just going out and, and just offering up your your knowledge to them and help with their new home that's, so that's great that. and that's very low cost it's a cost of a mailing and sending a guy out to spend time with a homeowner and you're planting those seeds to all of these new homeowners they just bought either their new home or they just moved into the area and you're introducing yep. yourselves and who else would they use in that scenario right you showed up you add value and now they know like and trust you and you're probably going to be their plumbing hvac electrical contractor for life yeah and a lot of these people are from out of the area that have moved in here unbelievably people do move to fargo <laughs> And, that is a little uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But uh, so when they do move in from the outside, they have usually have zero contacts here when it comes to that stuff. And it's just a nice, soft approach. If they don't call us to do the walkthrough, they still have our pamphlet with all our services. Uh, I, we put a free check-in service in there for their furnace mm. uh, that they can use at a later date. Um, so they've got something in their hands, and we're not mixed in with, 25 other companies in a mail pack or a situation like that. I love that. Thank you very much for sharing that because I think that's, a, that's an awesome insight for, for everybody that's listening. Um, how, approximately how many of those are you sending on a monthly? Are there a lot of movers? Is it a In our market, we look from 250 to 300 mail, mails, mailings a month okay. on average. And then out of that, uh, our gentleman, we have one guy uh, designated that's really good at it. Uh, to go out there and he probably does 30 to 40 new home walkthroughs out of that. Wow. Unbelievable. So is he calling also or is it just they respond and say, hey, I just moved in, I got your packet, I want you to come do the, the walkthrough? Yeah, yeah, he, they, they are actually calling in, which is actually actually a good idea in talking to you is I think we could even raise that number if we just had an assistant in-house call and say, just wanted to make sure you got your packet, how's everything going? Right. Right, but yeah, that, that's awesome that you're getting that many, that, that volume. And is the strategy really, he walks in, he does the assessment, he's not hard selling a, a maintenance Nothing. plan. If it comes up, great. If not, no pressure. Exactly. This is a total, in fact, we, we don't like the word selling in our, in our company. Uh, our philosophy is to educate and provide. Mm. So we, we put all our energy in educating the customer about what's available, uh, what to keep their eyes open for. Uh, some of our biggest uh, results out of this program, I when we walked out that day with nothing. Mm. And then we get a call three days later and say, hey, we, we want you to come back over here. We got some things we're, we're thinking about on this after you've been here. So we're not trying to close when we're there. We are just strictly trying to educate our customers. That's awesome. The power of reciprocity, right? You give value yeah. in advance. Your guy walks out and they're probably blown away. Like they really came and they did their thing and there was no hard pitch. And it's no. like you've just earned their trust for life. Yeah. I love that. All right, so kind of, you know, amazing insights, I think. You know, beautiful strategy. You know, you've got 50 trucks. You're running $16 million a year in, 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 in revenue. Um, really cool mix of different things that you're doing. Um, you know, obviously there's been groups, there have been organizations, there's been training groups that have helped you learn and yeah. test and manage. What groups and organizations have you been part of that have had the biggest impact on you? Yeah, you know, the, the primary group that we're involved in is a group called Nexstar. Mm. And uh, I actually serve on the national board for them, so I'll definitely be partial to them. But <laughs> truly, they've, 
they've uh, we we became a member in 1993 when they're called Contractors 2000, mm. uh, and it, their philosophy again is to force people in our industry that uh, once was thought as a blue collar industry uh, that we should be rough and just go and get it done and leave as quick as you can. Um, they've they've trained you to step outside of that box and do things that other companies in your market aren't willing to do and in providing world-class service. So they, they offer phenomenal uh, soft skill training for our service technicians um, and uh, our sales staff, our call center staff. We've sent a majority of our company to through Nexstar training and, um, and it's amazing, you know, what impact it has on them. But then as always, the implementation and the continuance of that is the big challenge we have as business owners and leaders within our companies is to keep that fire burning once they get that training. So, so they've been very impactful in our in our uh, history and the life of Laney's. Um, Nexstar has been huge for us. That's awesome. Yeah, and, I mean, a lot of the people that I interview on this show um, point to that same organization. You know, it's it's just a it's a powerful group with amazing training. Um, how much of it would you say is the value of the training versus the value of the networking and kind of the mastermind element? of being part of that group. Yeah, you know what, I, and I didn't touch on that, Josh. Probably my biggest takeaway from being a part of Nexstar are the other member companies that I've gotten to know. Uh, we've got a group just in our geographical area, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Iowa, a smaller group that we get together quarterly and we share best practices uh, just amongst our subgroup within Nexstar. So it is amazing. I mean, you can learn things from a guy with five people in their shop and you can learn things from people with 500 people in their shop so it doesn't matter everybody looks at things differently and you got to keep an open mind to keep learning so no doubt and that's really facilitated us in that so very cool thanks for sharing that that group with the with the listeners so kind of in in wrapping up here and you you know this has been awesome what would you say to that the owner or operator of that plumbing hvac business that is just trying to get to the next level maybe it's half a million, maybe it's a million, and they're just struggling to trying to figure out how to get to that next level. Any nuggets or pieces of wisdom you can share? You know, I would, I would say, I, first of all, from the marketing side, I would say, I know, I know it's a bigger stress on a smaller company because you don't have the budget. Mm -hmm. It's a stress on us uh, at the size we are because of the amount of stuff we want to do. But try to figure out a way to have consistent advertising. Mm -hmm. Don't start and stop your marketing um it's it's just it's just something that we've seen time and time again a the customers can't react fast enough to win business uh so uh keep a consistent message going out there um keep training your people uh invest in um other people uh uh, invest in other um, uh, companies uh, or organizations like Nexstar or something that that will maybe add a level of accountability to you and your staff to to step outside of the box. Accountability is huge, and we work we're working on that right now again in our company uh, amongst our management team. Is uh, if if people aren't held accountable in a positive way, uh, things will get forgotten, things will go away. So. You got to establish that accountability, and we're not perfect at it. That's why we're working on it. So, uh, every one of our managers has different skill sets. So we've got to keep keep working on, on that. Um, and the other the other thing that I truly believe in is uh, 
is don't be afraid of expansion. Mm. Um, hire a guy when you don't need him if he's the right guy. Uh, we have really found, especially in our service, the time we grow is when we hire when we don't need anybody. Mm. And it also gives you an ability to work with your techs in a way where you're not outnumbered with the technicians, that you've got some friendly competition within your ranks that, uh, yeah, but you won't grow unless you invest in certain things to, to help you go to that next level. And we've been victim to that in our company too with some people where they've, we've kind of stagnated because uh, we're trying to manage the guys we have and we're not thinking about taking that next step. So um, it's, it's hard though, because you get comfortable. It's easy to get comfortable at some point and you don't want to grow anymore, but I think growing is, is essential in any business, as you well know. So uh, yeah. one lesson I'll, I'll share, and this will be a great reflection on your company, is, awesome. is we were trying to do our own website management for years. I have a computer degree, right? So I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the guy that we, we're not going to pay somebody else to do this. We're going to get this done inside. And, and again, I became my own hurdle, you know, for our company to advance in that area. And that holds true in anything. You should really look outside your business. A lot of times you can hire somebody to do those specialty items that are going to be cheaper than an employee, less expensive than an employee, and they're going to stay on it technically much more than you're going to be able to in-house. So I've had to grow in that area and learn that outsourcing is is a uh, viable option <laughs> and, and it can pay off good dividends too. So. Uh, and then finally, uh, I guess, as you're growing a business, you know, keep your ethics and your approach in line. Um, if you identify your core values and you stick to those core values and ethics has to be a part of that, um, you will surpass many people in your market over time because that's a hard one day to day for companies to hold their toes to the fire on is, is doing the right things for customers. And, it's it's a challenge. It's not easy, but you gotta you gotta keep focused on that. I would say. Absolutely. I mean, great great insights, great feedback. Really appreciate you sharing. Any any last thoughts before we wrap up here? Not really, Josh. I think uh, again, we've we've got a lot of, a lot of ways we can grow. Mm -hmm. uh, we've we've got so many marketing opportunities. We are not in as deep on some of the internet marketing as a lot of companies that might be listening to this. Uh, you know, the home advisors and all the, those type of things. We do some of that, uh, the SEO marketing, some of that stuff we could step in deeper on and see what that'll do for us. Uh, but so we've, we've got a lot to grow on too, and we don't have this figured out. Uh, but that's what makes this business exciting is because we've always got something new that we can try to uh, get engaged with to make us a better company. So. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for your willingness to share you know, it's it's a it's a sharing spirit that you have, a spirit of abundance to be able to say, we've succeeded. This is what we've done, but we've still got stuff to learn. But here's what we're doing. Here's worked. Here's what's worked for us. So, thank you so much for your willingness to share. If somebody did want to reach out to you, would would the best be just go to your website or? Yeah, they could reach out, or my uh, my direct email is Kevin K E V I N dot Wolf W O L F at laneysinc.com, and that's L A N. EYSINC.com. And feel free to email me. And if you're watching this, you know, in one of the Facebook groups, or, um, you know, you, you're getting this after the fact, either in a podcast format or you're watching it on YouTube, you know, 
take a second and send a thank you to, to Kevin for his willingness to do this. A lot of times you put yourself out there, you share this information, and you're like, was that good? I think it was awesome, but I don't really know. Like, share the love, right? Tell him thanks so much for sharing. I really love that you shared that insight on whatever it was that really resonated with you. Uh, you know, do your part. You know, send a little bit of love towards Kevin's way. And um, thank you for listening. I hope you get value from these interviews. Uh, my goal is to help give you ideas and strategies to really grow your plumbing or HVAC business. Uh, if you'd like to listen to more interviews like this, we've done a number of them. You can go to plumbingmarketing.net. Uh, there you can either subscribe to the podcast uh, via email or you can subscribe in iTunes and you'll be alerted as new episodes are posted. So thanks for listening. We'll join you on another episode sometime soon. And Kevin, again, thank you so much for sharing. Thanks a lot, Josh. I appreciate it.